Shut up and sit down. The good bike rider is easy to recognize. He makes sure his bicycle is always in perfect mechanical condition. He learns how to ride and knows all the bicycle rules and traffic laws before riding on the streets. You press play and are now listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Duren. For your information, spending today complaining about yesterday won't make tomorrow any better. Enjoy the show. You can choose to take your finite time and energy and effort and you can spend it complaining, or you can spend it playing the game hard, which is probably going to be more helpful to you in the long run. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Fondering, and I'm here with, gosh, who am I here with? Matt? Matt, you there? Yeah, what's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? We are calling in Oh, we today. do. Oh, it's actually working. I can hear you, Matt. That's awesome. <laughs> we got something. So sorry, I- sorry, we had a little technical difficulty before kicking this thing off, but we're all here. And uh, to his, we'll just say digital right, Mr. Lance Hepler. It is Sir Lancelot the Silly coming at you from the van, driving <laughs> over the river. The here I am. Yeah, da- are, you, are you going to go down by it? I'm going down by the river. I'm in the van. Yeah, yeah I'm on the phone. <laughs> All right, let's cut to the chase. Who wants to backpedal first? Who? Um, Matt was the first one to talk. Go for it. Oh. <laughs> All right, go. Oh, me? I'm going? Okay. Uh, yes, I spent the last week in Ketchum, Idaho. Uh, oh, you got to go backpedal. Yeah, Sun Valley, Idaho area. I did the uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho stage race. Uh, it was three different stages over four days. I had a blast. I had a great time. Um, the stages, the, the, the first stage was a like 45 mile stage that was half single track, half gravel. So it was, uh, I, you know, it was kind of made for the mountain bikers, but you had to use the same bike all week. Um, you couldn't like use a mountain bike for the mountain bike stage. And then I, uh, you know, you had to use the same bike. So, um, yeah, it, 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 she kind of she said you can change gearing and tires if you want, but uh, you had to use the same frame for the whole weekend. So that's kind of cool. Um, I uh, that that stage is right down my alley. I love the single track. I love doing the single track on the gravel bike. I had a blast on it. Um, I think there was like 200 men, um, doing the stage race. There was like another 110 women. There was quite a few people doing the stage race, which is pretty awesome. But, uh, I ended up taking 20th overall Wow! in that, in that stage race. Yeah. I, I kind of went into it going, okay, I am going all out on this first stage and then I'm just going to have fun the rest of the week. Because none of the rest of it is really up my alley, so I went like full out on. I even I even beat some like big names that I really had no business beating, like like Molly Cameron. I beat her. Um, 
in the stage, and I really shouldn't have beaten her because she's quite fit and fast. And like most of the pro women, I also beat. So, um, Piper, come here. Sorry, I had to stop. And the dog jumped out. <laughs> hey, come on. So, yeah, so I had a great time. Um, the next day was a, was a, uh, was a five mile uphill time trial. Dude, that's oh right God, in your wheelhouse. Oh, come on. That's right yeah. in your wheelhouse. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all me. And I, I just got, I just got crushed. It was just not my thing at all. So, um, I had a, I had a good time. It, 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 the way she did it is there was like, there was a 20 mile neutral rollout. So you had to ride 20 miles out there, do the trial and then ride 20 miles back. And so you had to ride the whole thing. That was kind of part of the stage, but only the five miles was actually time. And so, you know, I had a great time. I ended up meeting all these really cool people. I had like conversations with Colin Strickland and with Phil Guyman and with, uh, Molly Cameron and Jake Wells and, uh, Peter Stetna and Matt Lieto. I mean, I had the like conversations with all these pros and all these cool people. And it was just really a whole lot of fun. All the women too, that were doing so well, um, Rose Grant and Mariah Wilson, Casey Armstrong and Karen Jarko, all these great women I was able to, to meet and talk to as well. So it, it was just, it was very cool. I did not, um, take 20th in the uphill time trial. I think I was like 46 or something. So, you know, not, not so hot, but, uh, you know, there I was. So, um, Saturday was kind of a, an off day, which is kind of interesting the way they do it. Um, I didn't have to, you didn't, which is really cool. And then Sunday, um, was the big, it's a big, uh, the big stage where it was a 103 mile, um, gravel stage race and about 6,000 feet of climbing. Um, not, re- not a whole lot of technical stuff and I kind of shine in the technical things. And so, dude, that was just not, that's just not my thing. I'm good at like three hours. Oh, you still there, buddy? I don't know. Lance, you can't just drop out like that right at the queen stage, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll on see. the queen stage. Uh, yeah. Actually, let we'll me just see. assume that he got, we'll just assume that he got dropped on the queen stage. Like he got dropped on this call. <laughs> we'll go from there. Yeah, I did drop his call. So I'll try and call him back. So um, while we're doing that, Matt, why don't you go ahead and backpedal real quick? Oop, hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. Ah, <laughs> Oh gosh. I think everybody's back online here. Sorry. I'm pushing all, <laughs> I'm pushing all the buttons and Lance is disappearing. So you're on the queen stage. We were going to have Matt backpedal, then I muted him on accident because I was trying to get you back on the phone. Uh, you're on the Queen stage. <laughs> Finish that. Okay. Um, uh, on Finally, I I, uh, I did the last stage, and I didn't really race very well. All the people I beat ended up beating me back. I was out there over six hours. I ended up coming in with Bill Guyman, which was really cool, but he was just kind of cruising it, and I was like going it. 90% the whole day. Um, but, uh, but it was cool. We got to have a conversation and talk while we were riding a little bit. And, and that was all kind of cool. 
Uh, I ended up like 29th, I think, in GC overall, which was decent for me when, but I, I had a great time. My, my wife even did the, one of the shorter versions on the day. She did the gravel race um, also on Sunday. And so my kids came up. I, we had it. We had, I had a great time. Ketchum was awesome. That Sun Valley like was a blast. great. Yeah. You stayed a few, it, extra, it was, a few extra days too, just to kind of take it all in. Right. You know, we just didn't have to rush back for anything. And so we just kind of stuck around. Yeah. The worst part was, was the AQI, the, the, it was smoky there the whole week. And, um, it was hovering between a hundred and 150 every day. So it was always, it was like borderline. Should we be racing? And, And some people chose not to race because of that, but I just still ended up just kind of going every day. And so there you go. Yeah. That sounds like a blast, dude. But you're, are you back home? Or did you enter the, the Hepler compound? I am in the Hepler compound. I've pulled into the driveway. The house is still wow. standing. Yeah. Good. good. That's good here. Cool. Hey, Matt, why don't you backpedal? Okay. Yeah, I can be pretty quick. Uh, I bike every day. I haven't missed a day yet. Um, bikes this evening, so snuck that one in. Uh, and I did a ride on... Let's see, been on the mountain bike a couple times with Camus Cross Country, uh, Watopia quite a few times. A uh, little bit of swimming, not much. I, I rode um, kind of out of Vancouver Lake a fair amount, just a lot of flat stuff. So I went out there on Sunday, and then I went again on Monday for the Beaches group ride. Cool, how was and, that? Uh, same, you know, same old, same old. It was fun. Uh, my tube of tires started to go flat. I, don't, I didn't see any sort of sealant mark on them, um, but they lost a ton of tire pressure somewhere in the middle. I don't know where, but when was the last time you added sealant? Like, yeah. When, when's the last time you put sealant in that? When you guys put sealant in it. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> long overdue, buddy. <laughs> Every like about three months or four months, you need to put like an ounce or so. In there. A, but it hasn't even been, I don't think it's been three months. Uh, it's probably pretty close to that. I'm pretty sure. Was it, it was probably, yeah, it might be three months. It might yeah. be in close. Well, probably not. I don't even think it's been three months, Yeah. but yeah. either way it may have, I may have gotten a slight puncture. I mean, you know those roads that are horrible. Yeah. It may have gotten a slight puncture, and it, it may have sealed itself somehow. But, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it just needs to be topped off, I think. Cool. That sucks. Um, yeah. I, I rolled up on a, another cyclist um, that I kind of know from triathlon stuff and helped him change his tire on Sunday. And that's fun. Like, whenever you get to help someone, it's like the highlight of your day. Yeah. So, that was huge. Cool. He like couldn't get a tire over the beat or whatever. And I was like, sweet, let me try and nail it first try. And I never felt prouder of myself. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, not, no major backpedal, no racing, no, no races in the foreseeable future. Yeah. It's coming to a, a close here. Um, are you going to do some cyclocross, Matt? Are you going to give it one more go? The old college try one more time. Mm-hmm. I'll have to consult with Lance on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my backpedal real quick. It, it like, kind of like Matt didn't have a whole lot of much going on. We did do the uh, flogging ride, which was awesome. Uh, it was the second to last one. We've got the last one coming up. Um, when this podcast comes out, we'll be the, the following day on that Thursday. And that will be, I think flogging ride 26 or seven for the year. I got to go double check, but that's a lot of flogs that we did. 
and it was a blast. We had a good time with that. Um, I rode with our juniors. Uh, most of them were the juniors from the triathlon team, but that was a fun ride that we went and uh, did on this past Saturday and had a blast. And then it was the Labor Day weekend. And what do you do on Labor Day? You, you work and you go break into other people's facilities and you steal bikes and parts from their, their shop again oh, no. for the third time. This is getting uh, old. Yeah, more to come on that another time. I don't want to get into that too much. But it's super frustrating. But um, for what it's worth, there's not much stuff left in the lab right now because it's either been taken or it's been removed from the facility because we're um, going to be moving into our new lab. The new We're going into phase two. This has always been in the plans. It's something that we've been talking about. We're going to expedite the process. We're going to push it up, and we're going to go into a, a new place that we have been kind of keeping an eye on and have Hopefully, if all things work out, we will be there sooner than later. But uh, stay tuned for more information on that. In the meantime, stop breaking into our damn building. Urgh. Gosh dang it. Yeah. So, so, cool. so the plan the plan is, I, I saw this and I didn't even know what to say. Uh, the plan is to move facilities then. That's the Correct. plan of attack. You're going to just move on and yeah. Um, yeah, find another building. Yep. Yep. And so the space that we were in has always been kind of what, what I've called an incubator yeah. space. And it was really just so that we sure. could get the Dow endurance lab, which Evan has been just kicking butt and taking names. Um, he's doing yeah. such a fantastic job and it was really just to prove that business model. And he's done that. And then some, so the, uh, the next phase, we're going to go ahead and kick into action and move into, uh, the new facility, which will pretty much double the footprint of what Evan and I are collectively using, which is going to be really nice because the, the Dow cycling lab, um, it's got a lot of bang for its buck, but it's really not the biggest shop in the world. And uh, we need a little bit more space to work out and, and or like do the things that we're doing. And as does Evan, Evan's doing more of the strength and conditioning stuff, working with athletes. And to do that, you do need a little bit more room to work uh, around. And he's going to be bringing on some more folks to work with him, which is awesome. He's already got people on board and we're going to start doing that in a new location, not terribly far away from where we're at, but at the end of the so day, it'll be far Evan's more gonna security. Evan's going to move too. Yes. Wow, so, big changes. Yeah, do we need to carve well, a corner out for you too, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Carve a I need a YouTube studio, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, all this stuff has been in the plans and in the works, you know, since we moved into space we were in. We've just kind of, we haven't had a real big push to have to do it yet. And uh, this kind of provided the push for us to do it. So, yeah, it's not the catalyst we wanted to have to do that, but it, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough about uh, break-in talk. Let's uh, let's jump into our topic for today. That has been break-in talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, lube. Maybe I maybe I lube. need some lube after this past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to work that in somehow. Uh, bike lube. What do you what you guys using these days? Just out of curiosity. You know, I I use Squirt. It's a it's a wax based uh, chain lube, a dry lube. Um, I, we've probably talked about it before in the past. Um, but I, I've used squirt on, on all my bikes. Yep. I've uh, been quite the same. How about you, Matt? What have you been using? Uh, I've been using squirt in rock and roll gold for a while. Um, trying to think if I, uh, just paraffin wax I've used and had luck with that. I've used some other stuff too. Um, there's like for like race race stuff i've used like um it ends up being like the same thing it's like a paraffin wax but it's also there's other things that are mixed in it mm -hmm. it's kind of like molten wax kind of stuff 
Gotcha. Um, I've been using like yeah for the past probably decade. I've used rock and roll. I've used Demontech and I've used Squirt. Those have been like the three primaries. I mean, I've used little other bits and pieces of lube here and there, but those have been the three primary ones that have always been on my workbench. And probably for the last two to three years, I've been using Squirt and I like it. I like it quite a bit. And it was just, uh, gosh, I don't know, in the past couple of days, I was scrolling through YouTube like I do, just kind of looking at stuff and researching and whatnot. And I happened across a video from um, a guy called his channel is called Simply Mountain Biking, and he did a, a comparison test. And it's basically the title of the the video was the ultimate uh, bicycle chain lubricant test, uh, best bike chain lube. So he was gonna run this test. I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, all right, kind of looks like he's just working out of his garage. I'm kind of curious what he has to say. Some of these things we carry, some of these things I use. And I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and watch this and just to see what it's about. And it's a it's a little bit longer of a video. It's about 24 minutes and change. And I'm like, yeah, well, we'll see if it's bad. I'll just you know, bounce out and go check out something else. And it really kind of captivated my attention. However, I, I did kind of question a couple of little things, but I shared this with you guys and I wanted you to watch it as well so that we can kind of break this down. And I'm curious, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, I, I certainly thought that the process that he went through was unique. Uh-huh. It, it isn't usually the way that lubes are actually tested, but he kind of came up with tests to figure out, uh, you know, how much, uh, you know, how, how, how well it, it what, what was the first test he did? He like, it was like the friction it, it, test and he was using yeah, like a little was, machine. Yeah. The friction yeah. test. It was like the friction test. And then he also did one on like spray on, you know, how much like flipped off the chain when it was running fast and, you know, and how much it picked up dirt, which I thought were unique ways to, yeah. to test. And he actually applied things. the lubricant per the manufacturer's recommendations and then did like a, a squirt test on it. So he had this spray bottle and he sprayed, I don't know, it was like 30 some odd ounces of water over it. And then he weighed it before and after to figure out how, and he had a, a really like a scale that could weigh pretty small numbers. And he was able to determine how much of the lube actually came off at once it had water hitting it. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. Like how, how much, right. how much retention was it getting? Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting too. So I mean, it was interesting the way he did the test. Um, the the way I the way I like to have my lube is like how many watts is it saving me? Yep. <laughs> how many actual watts is it saving me? And that was one thing that he didn't do in his test, but it certainly was well, interesting to find out, you know, how things work. Go ahead, man. Yeah. He did. He was looking at the motor and to see. I was looking at that those numbers kind of closely when he was doing that to see how much amperage was was required uh, on the motor itself, which should translate into, like, wattage, right? Okay. Um, so, again, I don't think that this is how chains are normally tested. I mean, granted, like, all, all of this stuff is very, like, fringe science, right? Where it's, like, there's not a lot of locations in the world where they test chain lubricants. And so there are a few places, and they go through a pretty crazy process to like strip the chains completely clean, which his process for cleaning, cleaning chains was not as thorough, obviously. Uh, and then the way that they do that is they actually hook it up to a drivetrain that can measure the amount of, of wattage that it takes to move the chain just through the drivetrain itself. And they can detect ah. wattage differences that way. 
And I, I think that his system was awesome. It was very like, um, I don't, I wouldn't, I would say it's more than like DIY. It was, it was, I thought it was fantastic. Like I immediately subscribed to the channel just cause I was like, here's a guy who's trying to check this stuff, trying to like, he's doing all the right stuff. He's questioning like the numbers. He's questioning the manufacturer's claims, right? Like which we all know are bogus. And he was just trying stuff. And I just thought it was really, really cool. Even though I don't think, and I don't think he would describe it this way either. I don't think it was like perfectly scientific, you know, but right. It was cool to watch for sure. Did it change your mind on any of these lubricants that he was using? And did, did you guys have in front of you with the lubes that he actually used? So we can kind of break those down oh, as well. I definitely, like one of the lubes that he liked a lot was the muck off dry lube. Yeah. And I would totally try that. Like based on his recommendation, uh, I, I still tend to think that any lubricant that has some sort of paraffin wax base and muck off wax, their driving might have that in there. I don't know. Uh, but I think that those are going to tend to perform the best just based on, I would say the more scientific stuff that I've read. Um, so that would, you know, squirt is definitely one of those and, but there's, there's others for sure. Correct. You know, um, squirt performed very poorly in the friction test. Yeah, which it did. which which really surprised me right right off the bat. Like the first test he did, you know, the lube that I love and use every day, you know, tested pretty poorly. Yeah, but um, just on the on the friction test. But, but yeah, go ahead. On that friction test, it's a hundred percent not doing it the way that the manufacturer recommends that you do it. I mean, he has this little friction wheel that's going right. around, and it, he's got a little piece of uh, like a little round metal. Uh, grommet or something like that that's a softer compound than the wheel itself so the wheel's not going to wear but the the softer grommet is and that was that little grommet was what he was using to determine how much wear you were getting so that wheel was going through a little reservoir where he poured in uh, all of the different lubes and the squirt you know it was going through there and it was basically going on wet but it wasn't allowed to dry and cure the way that it's supposed to be applied the manufacturer, right. when you use Squirt, recommends and says that, you know, clean very well your drivetrain, get all the, the gobbledygook off of there, and then you want to apply it, and then you want to let it dry, and you're not supposed to use a towel to dry that off. You just want to let it dry and do its thing, and then you can start to do your friction test. So, I, I mean, yeah, if you're going to do the test the same for everybody else in that particular test, because you're not following the manufacturer's recommendations, it's not going to be a valid test uh based on what the, re- uh, the manufacturer is recommending. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, that, that's what kind of relieved me once I figured out, okay, you, this lube that I really like and that I've been using, and of course I want to defend the lube that, I, that I've chosen to use, you know, every day. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he, it, it performed really poorly on this first test, and so I immediately tried to find holes in the test that he was doing. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of doing the same. Like, hey, wait a second, I like that stuff. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And it ended up being one of his more favorite. It made, like, his top five lubes in the end Yeah. because of how well it performed in the rest of it. But it was like, uh, yeah, at first I'm like, oh, what, 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 I, I'm questioning what all my done? life choices. Yes, what yeah. have I been doing? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't it. think that I would stress too much about it. I think that wax based lubricants are going to just work differently. Like when you get stuff and gunk and stuff like that on your chain, it's going to flake off 
as a which is just different. Like remember when he did that like uh, that spin test and he was like, oh, the the squirt is weird. It's almost like these raised bumps. Yeah. Of right because he had like basically like wet wax on a chain and then he spun it off and it landed on the cardboard and then guess what? It was like you know the wax like dried. dripping candle wax, right? Like it's yep. like the wax had dried and it's like basically what typically happens is when you're when the wax has dried on your chain and then you spin it like things flake off just like wax like normally would flake off and that's a good way to keep your train fairly clean and and keep things from getting in between those rollers is having that wax barrier there and have stuff that gets in there just basically flake off but that being said i don't you know i mean i still think that there's room for improvement there's room for other options uh yep i yeah my my gut feeling is that that, you know, one of the things that he should potentially look into is like a different way to clean the chain, um, in between all of these tests and then definitely going by manufacturer's recommendations because yeah, like when you do something that's truly like a wax kind of based lubricant, it is going to take that time to kind of harden or, or dry. What would whereas you, the other don't. Yeah. What would you recommend for cleaning it? Like an ultrasonic cleaner or a different method? Did, do you have something in mind or is there something that you've seen? Uh, the ultrasonic cleaners do really well, but um, the things that I've read that do better are like, it's kind of interesting. It's like a, a, a round of different sets of chemicals besides like you do your degreaser, but then you also do, um, I think they do like mineral stuff and then, uh, you, you basically like shake it in like a Gatorade type bottle. I know it sounds like totally hack hackish, but ends up your clean, your chain ends up a lot cleaner. Yeah. And typically what you want to do is you want to make sure whatever the manufacturer puts on it is cleaned off on a, on a, like when the chain first comes out, mm -hmm. which seems counterintuitive because I mean, I typically just like whatever, let's roll. I don't want to work on chains all the time. Um, but that stuff is notoriously bad. Um, it's great for like keeping your chain long term if someone's keeping these chains on their shelves for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but it's not necessarily great for you know performance, um, performance or you know even durability yeah. of you know keeping the chain living a long time. You know if someone puts it on their drive chain and just rolls it, which is you know I you know I know this sounds so stupid and posh, but it's like a chain is like a hundred bucks, right? Or I mean, some of these chains are, are more than that, but like it's in the, in the scheme of bike stuff, I don't feel like it's the most expensive thing to replace. Right. Yeah. Where are you buying your chains for a hundred bucks, buddy? <laughs> How much are you spending on chains? Well, a brand new force chain MSRP for the bike that you have is $35. That's MSRP. Ooh, yeah, I need to get a new chain, man. Might as well get a new chain right yeah. now. And I think yeah. that I think the Durace, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's around good. seventy, I think. And yeah, and, and for the, the red, yeah, for the red, if I'm not mistaken, I said Durace. Sorry. Um, yeah, they're yeah, it is Durace. The, Durace is the same, right? It's yeah, like they're yeah, they're about fifty or sixty or seventy bucks somewhere. But anyway, a force chain for thirty five bucks, that's not bad, and those things last for a long time. But keeping them clean for performance reasons is definitely going to be in everybody's best interest, yeah. and not for nothing, keeping it clean too is going to help uh you know preserve the length and life of your uh your drivetrain yeah so let's not uh, right now my chain is in a bad place 
in a bad place. <laughs> uh, let's go through the players real quick. We didn't really go through all of the different ones that he tested. I'm just curious if anybody um, out there is using any of these things, especially the last two. The first one, we've already talked about the Muckoff Dry Lube, and they do have a wet lube as well, but the Dry Lube is the one that he tested. Rock and Roll Gold, Purple Extreme, Squirt, which we've been talking about, White Lightning, Epic Ride, and Demontek Original, the Park Tool, CL1 and the Rock Ride uh, Epics, if I'm not mistaken. And then he also threw in there just kind of for grins and giggles just to see how it would uh, compare um, WD-40. And then he just had some 10W30 small engine oil from uh, John Deere that he decided he was going to check and see how that did against everything else as well. So um, <laughs> let's uh, let's kind of fast forward through some of these other tests with all of these things. Was there a test in there that kind of resonated with you guys other than the one that we've already talked about? Well, I think, I think a lot of people, I think the WD-40 is a good one to test because a lot of people do just grab it and yeah. throw it on there. You know, it, it was one of the more affordable options, right? Um, yeah. and, and people have it in their garage. And, yep. you know, if you think about it, like a lot of the people that come into your shop, I mean, I don't know if the people listening to this podcast would be the same way, but I think a lot of the people coming into your shop are going to be, you know, moms and dads and things like that. And they just want to like, oh man, um, my kid's bike is starting to squeak a lot. What yeah. do you do? Yeah. And I don't really fault them at all no, for no. grabbing WD-40 and being like, this will stop the squeak. Yeah, it's better than nothing. That's what WD-40 is synonymous with. If it's something that's squeaking, you put some WD-40 on it and you're good. And I still use it too. If like get a hinge on a door or something like that that's squeaking, throw yeah. some WD-40 on it and all of a sudden it's nice and quiet. So is that going to work have you ever, too? Yeah. Have you, have you ever like, thrown like uh, some sort of chain chain lube on something where it's like not supposed to and you're like well think about this like a wax based based chain lubricant will do a good job of keeping this hinge I don't think I've used it on hinge my chair chair? that I'm sitting in right now it it was one of those (laughs) things that rocks back and forth and it slowly developed this creak and it drove me absolutely bonkers and I went out and there was just some chain lube uh, not, I didn't even go out, I was in yeah. the office because it's in my office is a bike trainer and next to the trainer was my lube and I'm like, I'm just going to put a couple drips on there and sure enough it worked oh, yeah. it totally worked <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've thought about this too I'm like, and theoretically you know, if it's if, you know, this is going to protect it from different elements and things like that, I always think about like chemically or whatever is this going to be helpful or is this going to be bad yeah that's cool okay so some of the other tests that he did um was the the sand test i thought that was kind of interesting because from a gravel mountain biking perspective that's something that always has kind of bounced around in my head and i've thought about that too because i've had the demonotech i've had i gosh I, I think i bought like a case of that stuff like a decade ago and i just I've had it sitting around for a long time and i think <laughs> i just used the end of it because i took it in the lab and we put it on people's chains when we clean them up and sometimes but i would put that on my chain and thinking about it from a mountain biking perspective i always always wondered like hey what's not going to stick to my chinks if i'm going to put something on there and it's going to stay wet and, and somewhat tacky it's just going to be a magnet to dust and dirt and if that's glomming onto my chain then that's going to decrease the um the efficiency and decrease power output which it's not a huge thing but it, everything adds up in the end so i started getting away from using that demontech and, and using the squirt and letting it dry knowing that it's going to be theoretically a little bit drier of a lube 
did you guys do you guys find any merit in the, that test they did with the, the sand test where he was putting on a piece of paper the lube and then he was uh, pouring over I think it was like three ounces of sand and then doing a little tap test um, you know consistent amongst all the different ones and and was weighing the paper and the sand collectively to see which one held on to the most sand what what are you guys thoughts on that test you know it certainly uh, was enlightening because if you're in in like sticky muddy uh, conditions or even like dusty sandy conditions and your lube is going to stick, you're just going to destroy your chain. You're yeah. going to destroy yeah. it. And so uh, that certainly was interesting. One of the things that, I mean, me as a squirt user, it's a dry lube. You're supposed to let it dry. I have to try to remember to, to add the lube the day before or when I'm finishing with the ride instead of, 30 seconds before I take off down the trail, which is really what happened, you know, 80% of the time <laughs> is I clean them. I clean the chain and then relube it, you know, right before I take off, which is not what you're supposed to do. So that's interesting. Matt, you're a big time mountain biker. What are you using on your mountain bike? Yeah. I'm a big, <laughs> big mountain biker. Um, I think I just use whatever is like, I think I'm trying to think if it's like, what's currently on my bike stand in the garage. And it's, it's either same thing. Like I don't like use a different lubricant on mountain biking chains versus anything else. And maybe that's because I'm not smart enough, but like I didn't love his sand test. I didn't think it was, you know, again, you know, I think it's not going to give you the same flake off kind of concept that you would get from, you know, a, a wax big chain. But like, I, I just don't know. Uh, like if you put candle wax on there or like paraffin wax on there and it wasn't completely dried and then you put sand on it, it would hold on to all of the sand, uh, right. and add a ton of weight. But like, we know that paraffin wax is a very good bike lubricant for chains, but it has to be like dried completely. And then it needs to like flake off because the chain basically rotates through the whole drive chain. Uh, so that, I, I don't think that test was fantastic because I don't think it like, I don't think it was very representative of real world scenarios, but that doesn't mean it was, you know, bad. I mean, it was, yeah. it was something like you're still looking at like, you know, lubricants holding onto sand. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know who's the answer to that one. <laughs> I think it has some merits, but I think that, like you said, it's not like a hundred percent like valid. I, I still think there's I something know. to be said yeah. though about using a dry lube and using something that's not going to have as great a likelihood as you know some of these other wetter, stickier, tackier ones. I mean, like if if I go up and touch my if if my chain's perfectly clean and then I apply squirt and I walk away and let it dry and I go up and touch that, there's really not going to be much left on my finger. If I do the same yeah. thing with like Demonotech and I go up and touch it, my, my fingers can be slimy and, and greasy and oily. So, right. And uh, knowing that if I'm riding through some dusty terrain, if I'm riding through some sandy creek bed or something like that, chances are stuff's going to stick to the stickier stuff. Right? Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, all of this stuff is, is super interesting. Um, it, it's hard to know, like, even with this test, like I still would want to be like, I almost want to have like an expert come on, on this stuff and kind of explain it to us. Mm -hmm. Cause I think this is, you know, there's real science behind this stuff for sure. Um, 
you know, viscosity of oils and things like that, basically like yeah. there's, there's such a science to it. I, I don't disagree. So maybe this will be our little catalyst to get somebody to join us. <laughs> um, the, what was the last test that he did? Uh, he went through and did the, the squirt bottle test that we talked about and checked to see like if there was corrosion or how much, uh, yeah. how much of the, uh, the actual lube stayed on the actual chain after being taken through the squirt test. I thought that there was probably some merit to that. And especially for us people who live here in the Pacific Northwestern are looking down the barrel of a, another fall and winter coming up here a lot faster than it should be. And it's going to start raining. We ride in those conditions all the time. So, you know, how, how long is our chain going to last in this weather? And, and we all know that like, we'll go out and lube our chain and we'll go ride through the crappy weather, come back. And if you don't clean your bike up and dry it and put some lube on after you ride, you're going to come out the next day. And chances are your, your chain's going to have some rust on it, which is never a good thing. You guys dealt with that before? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, certainly I've dealt with uh, rust on the chain. You know, that's something you don't want to experience. It just makes it squeaky and not good, and it, it you know, lessens the life, life of the chain as well. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, his little reminder about all that is certainly good. But, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> the lube I like performed really well on that test. So... I, I guess that made me happy that I used squirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to try the muck off though. Have you guys tried that? Um, I haven't tried it. I, you know what? I've been ordering it and I've had it. And and just as a little side note, the more I use different muck off products, the more I'm impressed with that company. Uh, I, yeah. I, I thought that they did a really good job of like marketing. <laughs> you know, they've got really like, you know, clever, catchy thing. Muck off. I mean, just the name itself is kind of clever and catchy and it's like a little edgy and whatnot. Haha, <laughs> you know, and they've got all of the different stuff and it looks neat and they've got some bright colors. I'm like, all right, they're doing a good job there. And I've used a couple of things and we've been like at the lab, I'll order all kinds of stuff. And before we put it on the shelf, I'll generally start to put it over on the workbench so that we can try different things. And, and mostly it's it's like cleaners and degreasers. And just recently we started bringing in more of their lubes because I've heard good stuff about it and people have been liking it. So I personally haven't tried it yet um, on my personal bike, but we've put it on a few bikes at the lab and so far so good. Yeah, I, I definitely want to try. I actually want to try all of the lubes that he talked about. It's like, Ooh, I haven't tried that one. Like yeah. that looks like it's got certain properties that would work well in certain riding conditions. Right. Like I think that that's the other thing is, you know, riding on a sunny day or whatever, you might want to have some sort of different lubricant than, you know, on a, a cold, gross wind, winter, rainy day or something like that. But yeah, for sure. So uh, he, he did all of his tests. I think we've pretty much covered all of them. And then he lines up all of the different products that uh, we've talked about. And he starts to do this like process of elimination and he gave his reasons why. Um, what would you guys think the first two to disappear would be? I thought it'd be WD-40 and uh, regular motor oil. I was the same, and, and I'm sure Matt was in the yeah. same boat as well. Um, regular motor oil built beat out one of the uh, the contenders in his test, that is. So it was the, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Rock Ride uh, Epics, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he, yeah. he, he kicked that That's one to the curb. Tough pretty quickly with the WD-40. Those were the two worst. He's like, you know, without, without question, these were by far the worst ones. They're better than nothing, but those were the first two to go. And then he proceeded to kick out a few more. And the, the next one to go was going to be the, um, the motor oil and the park tool, uh, 
chain lube that one got the boot too saying that that was pretty terrible um again his test his opinions um and that that's kind of where we were at uh any surprises there hey i'm surprised at the park tool one to be honest with yeah. you i mean they make they make some pretty good stuff and they have uh pretty good you know a big company behind them and uh it sounds like they made a crap uh <laughs> Yeah, I I like all of their tools. I think they're fantastic. I think they make really good tools. Maybe a touch overpriced on some of them. Some of them, like the more proprietary specific ones are definitely overpriced. But I've never been a big fan of their cleaners, their lubricants and uh, things of that nature. So that that actually didn't surprise me. That's just my personal opinion. But that didn't surprise me too much. Interesting. Yeah, I was definitely surprised that it tested as bad as it tested. I would have thought that they would have done something, mm-hmm. something there. So fast forwarding, um, the, the next one to get the boot was the Demonotech. That actually, that surprised me because that's, if I'm not mistaken, when he first started the video, he also, when he was introducing each one of the lubricants, he talked about what the cost was. And that one yeah. was by far and away the most expensive of all of the different uh, lubes that he had. And they were all pretty much about the same number of ounces. I think it was about like four ounces, if I'm not mistaken. So that kind of surprised me, being the most expensive and being something that I'd used for quite some time and actually quite liked. I thought that it was pretty good stuff, but it got the boot. So it didn't get a rose to move on in this competition. Any surprises from you guys or are you guys not having much experience with those? I've well, never used one, it. Yeah, I've never used it either, but it tested really well in the first test, which is, again, you know, um, kind of it was kind of a test of durability as well as a test of, you know, uh, wattage, uh-huh. you know, for, for rotation. And so that one did the best in that particular test. It won that particular test. And so I thought that was interesting. And I was like, man, I've never even tried this stuff. So, yeah, there was hardly um, even a wear mark on that. I'm like, oh, man, maybe I need to go back to that. <laughs> you know, thinking that yeah, when I was watching yeah, the video. Exactly. And then, you know, that same wear mark with that one being almost nothing on some of the other ones, like the squirt was actually not good. And it was like, Oh man, that's, that's a bummer. But we already already talked about that. So fast forwarding, uh, to through this whole process, it was down to five. We had the rock and roll. We had the, the squirt, we had the muck off and we had the, um, the Epic ride, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. I think I, is that the one that I was saying that was the one that already got kicked off? I don't know. I'm getting confused here. But anyway, and then we had the purple extreme. Um, the next two to go were going to be Squirt and the Epic. That Those were the two that um, – hold on here. I'm looking back through my – almost looks like – I don't know if it's a typo. But anyway, long story short, those two got the the, the boot. And I was kind of sad to see the uh, the Squirt go kind of like you guys did. But it did make the top five of, you know, what was it, 10 that included WD-40 and uh, the John Deere – 10w30 um any any thoughts on on that that little process do have you guys used that other one the epic stuff no no i haven't either no i've used uh i've used white lightning and uh and twerk pretty much okay and then it came down to the final three and that was your rock and roll that was your muck off dry lube and that was the purple extreme i've used the rock and roll i've used the um Sparingly, if you use the mock off, um, have you guys used Purple Extreme before? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. So that was kind of a. Yeah, I want to try it. Yeah, it was a new one for me, too. I, I think that might be worth bringing into the lab to, to check out. 
and it's kind of neat. He's got his little um, podium stacked up here with a bunch of cassettes that he puts all the different ones up there. And the, the clear winner, according to him, was the mock-off dry lube. That was the number one best chain in all the, his different tests. And he After uh, looking through all the categories. Yep, and he said um, he's going to be using that on his uh, mountain bikes from here on going forward. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Then taking second place was the uh, Rock and Roll Pro Gold. And then the last, uh, not last place, but the third place was the Purple Extreme. Uh, how do we feel about this, guys? Well, there's some new lubes I want to try. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> okay. So before we uh, started the podcast here, we were kind of getting some stuff put together. and Matt was looking at some of his follow-up videos. And one of them that he did was on the squirt. And it was because he was getting a lot of feedback in the comments section about um, him not following the manufacturer's recommendations for application and use of the squirt. Matt, did you finish watching that whole video through? No, I didn't finish watching it, but it seems basically like you're still getting the same type of result. Okay. So uh, he he basically did like a I think he let it dry for two nights or something like that, and and then tried to do some of the same tests uh, and was getting the same kind of stuff or or similar, you know, like that wear scar test. Yeah. Which is weird because I'm thinking like that test immediately it's going to scrape off the wax and then you're basically just metal on metal. Yeah. Right. Yep. I, I don't know how a, a wax based chain would work on that one. It really needs, I think that the more like viscous lubricants are going to work better on that particular test. That doesn't mean, maybe that means that they are better lubricants, but I mean, um, it's just interesting that the testing protocol but yeah, he, he did retest that and you guys can find this. We'll post link, um, somewhere along the lines of the podcast where you guys can, can visit this guy's channel. I subscribe. I think it was cool that he's actually testing stuff. Uh, but he did retest it. Um, the original video was about three months ago. He retested the squirt lubricant about one month ago, uh, and, and saw similar results. So I don't think he's changing his rankings. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, we'll post up um, a link to his channel. But if you want to just go look in the show notes for this particular episode, we will have his channel name as well as the uh, the title of the, the video that he's posting up. Hey, Lance, I got a question for you. Yeah. Will you be changing the lube that you use when you uh, go out mountain biking and gravel riding? Uh, no. No, not going to switch over and try the, the muck off dry stuff? Well, I'm curious to, to try the muck off. Uh, stuff. I de definitely want to use it, but um, I I'm still pretty happy with how the squirt ended up on the test. Yeah, so am I. But and oh. it's significantly cheaper, right? I mean, I think that we really need to take cost into effect. I mean, maybe maybe we can afford to spend a little bit more than WD forty money, but like, I don't know. I don't want to. There's, I think um, Ceramic Speed makes this like, I can't remember what they call it, but they're like ultra lubricant thing, and it's. I swear it's like two hundred dollars for like oh. a bottle of chain lube. It's yeah. something stupid. I'll, I'll look it up <laughs> while we talk. While we chat. But it, it's. I mean, none of us. I mean, none of us wants to spend stupid amounts of money on chain lubricant. So, yeah, but Muckoff is kind of. I feel like they do. It, it. They. They make great stuff, but it is expensive. I think the Muckoff is only like eleven or twelve bucks for the bottle that he was using. Which and what's and what's lube like six bucks? So. 
Well, half, some price, of, half the price of that. Some of the other lubes that were tested pretty low on his his testing scales were a little less expensive. I think they were in that like six, seven, eight dollar range. Um, so I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you're talking about you know just a couple bucks, not the end of the world. It's not like we're you know comparing no. a hundred dollar lube to a, a five dollar lube. I think they're all within a, a reasonable amount of money from each other. But yeah, if you were penny pinching and you're looking to save a few bucks for the lube that's going to last you for probably a year or two, um, yeah, you could you could do that if you wanted to. Well, I am contradicting myself because earlier I said, you know, oh, it's, you know, chains are only like a hundred bucks. You buy this. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I do think that, you know, chain lubricant, like, you know, you, you kind of want, you don't want something that you're going to cry about if the bottle gets filled. I don't yeah, know. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, I think I'm going to say that I'm going to stick with the, the squirt as well. And I think I'm going to give that uh, muck off dry stuff uh, a go. I'm going to give that yeah, a shot on I'm the gravel bike and the mountain bike and see how it does. Should be fun. Anything else you guys want to talk about on this? This this actually proves that we can talk about anything too. We talked about bike lube. The UFO <laughs> chain lubricant chain lubricant from Ceramic Speed is $45 for a pretty small bottle. Let me see. Oh my gosh. Um, six ounce bottle, wow. $45. That's pricey. Yeah. I think I might yeah, pass well, on that, but unless it's going to like give me an extra like 40 Watts, but I'm going to pass. It does. It gives you 140 extra Watts. Oh gosh. So. Gonna take my money. <laughs> okay. Now I'm buying it. Yep. <laughs> cool. Let's jump into one last thing. Matt, you want to start us off? What you got coming down the pipeline? Yeah. Um, okay. So I posted a, another one of those 10 hacks video last week. You guys can check it out at your leisure. YouTube.com slash M Legrand. Uh, it's really short, so if you want to know some quick hacks for triathlon racing, I did one of these a while back. It was triathlon training hacks, and this one's triathlon racing hacks. And it's under two minutes, so not going to take a lot of your time. Uh, however, a longer video that will be coming up this week is going to be Garmin Forerunner 55, which is Garmin's more affordable yeah. uh, watch. And it's a video, it's a, it's a watch that I really like a lot. Um, and it's kind of like the idea for the video is like, you know, what are you missing when you, you know, buy this cheaper watch versus, you know, spending $500 or $600 on a more expensive watch. And it's not much, right? Like there's, you know, you don't have onboard music and you don't have mapping on the watch and you don't have this and that, but like, it's still a really good watch, uh, at a better price. So that's the video that's coming up soon as I can get it out. It realistically, it'll probably be Friday before I get it out, but I'd Excellent. love it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I've uh, seen your video, the, the hacks pop up in my feed. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet because I've been yeah. watching other stuff. Not, not nothing against you. I, I watch, I watch all of your videos just out of curiosity though. If you don't spoil it too much, but is there anything in there that's a hack that relates to the, I don't know, the bicycling part of the, the triathlon stuff? Um, I think I say if you're racing, you know, triathlon that, you can leave your shoes on your bike. You can rubber band your um, shoes so that you can kind of dive into them pretty quick. Um, I don't, a lot of them are like, you know, kind of transition type hacks and stuff like that. I, cool. I don't know. No one's, no one's watching that video. It's kind of a bust. <laughs> You're not the only one that has skipped that video. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll watch it. It's I promise. Funny. <laughs> it's funny. Some people you know people are like, calling me out on other places and they're like, Oh, I love that video. And I'm like, you are the 
third person that watched it because no one else watched it. But I'm glad you liked it. Glad you liked it. Yeah, there's. It, that's not the same one that came out recently with you and the thumbnail art, like floating in a speedo, is it? Like I think there was one uh, of you swimming or something like that. Maybe about some goggles, goggles or something. I don't know. There was a video that keeps popping. There was. Up. Like why? There, is, I I had a goggle video sometime in the past three or four weeks. I, I don't uh, think I've seen and, that one yet. It keeps trying to recommend it to me. And it's you in a pool, like wearing a speedo. I'm like, why is Matt like in a speedo on this thumbnail on my TV when I'm trying to watch YouTube videos? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just for the audience, there are no videos that I can think of of me in a speedo. So I'm guessing that I'm, that might be a different video they're recommending to you based on your other <laughs> watching habits. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Now I got to I got to clear my uh, my cash. Clear, clear your browser history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to check on that, Matt, because I, I swear it was you. Maybe it was DC Rainmaker. I don't know. One of you. One of you. Yeah. Foolios was one up of the there. Triathletes. That's the problem is you start watching my videos and they're going to recommend other triathlete videos and there's going to be guys in speedos. No, it is. It's you don't need guided workouts, right? Right in your goggles and uh, form goggle, goggle giveaway. Granted, you're not wearing a speedo, speedo, but you're wearing some tight shorts and you're oh. topless and you're f- you're floating and you're like looking at me underwater with yeah. goggles on. So um, it, yeah. people were looking at that and they were like, "Oh, you're you're this is a reference to the Nirvana uh, baby, whatever." <laughs> like, I didn't, uh, I wasn't planning on it being that way, but yeah, yeah sure. That's the video I was talking was about. Good. So, and you posted that two yeah. weeks ago. Fun, fun you, times. You want me to? You want me to? I'll put a shirt on for you. I'll swim with a shirt on for you. If that helps. Is that water cold, Matt? Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Obviously. Hey, uh, Lance, you got one last thing for us? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am headed to Central Oregon this weekend for the next uh, cyclocross race in our series. Um, yeah. It is uh, called Can Chaser Cross. Um, it's being held in Redmond, which is right next to Bend. Bend has been inundated this last week with oh, yeah. smoke. It has had AQIs over 300 all week. And so we're hoping that the smoke will clear before the race on Saturday morning and it'll be safe enough to race. Because if, if it's over 175, I'm not racing. That is not no, good not for your lungs. Yeah. You know, it's funny. No. When I went outside this morning, it looked like it had almost rained a little bit last night, but it was also a situation where there was a bunch of ash as well. And I don't know, Matt, if you dealt with that or saw that or noticed that on your vehicle this morning when uh, you went outside. Oh, but that's it, what it was. Yeah. So I didn't know. I was like, why is my car so dirty? I was like, did my wife drive this somewhere? Yeah. And I <laughs> asked my wife the same thing when she got home this morning. She's like, I need you to put windshield wiper fluid in there. My windows are disgusting and there's no fluid and I can't see out of them. I'm like, where did you go? And they came back in the driveway. I look at her car and your car filthy why is it so dirty it wasn't so dirty the other day and sure enough that's what it was i think there was some sort of heavy condensation or maybe light rain but it was after the the dust had, or not dust but the, the ash had settled so that was kind of a bummer yeah, even yeah. though this morning it was nice i didn't really notice too much smoke but i think it did get a little bit worse as the day went on interesting yeah Cool. My one last thing was actually a question that I was going to ask to Matt, and he kind of already alluded to some of this stuff. Uh, my son has been hitting me up. He wants to get a Garmin watch. He wants to start wearing a watch um, just to be a little bit more responsible and all this stuff. But he's also doing track and field for his middle school, and he's wanting to get into running, and he's also wanting to use the watch for when he rides his bike. He's just thinking that that'll be easier for him than a bike computer. What would Matt Legrand recommend to my son? 
Well, he'll have to watch my video coming out this week about the forerunner, the forerunner fifty-five. Yeah, uh, would be an excellent option for him. For Do you sure. think is that a good one for um, loading bike metrics oh, yeah. or and and doing the whole bikey thing? Uh, so, okay. So it will lack the power meter metrics. There are things that you can do to, so there's, there's workarounds. I mentioned this in the video coming up, but, um, you can download, so it has connect IQ, which is Garmin's kind of like third party app system for those of you guys that don't know what that is, but, uh, you can do things like use the third party app system, the connect IQ system to download an app that can look at power data coming across from your power meter. However, the watch itself does not have the standard sensors for power meters. So later on, that watch might not be great for him if he gets into power meters and stuff. However, I'm guessing that if he does get that far into cycling, he'll probably have a bike computer, like an outfront bike computer that he would have that data for anyway. Yeah, he so, kind of already does. He's got an old 520 of mine that is at his disposal. Yeah, right? So yeah, exactly. Like. These, these kids and their parents, right? My, <laughs> my kids can like, they come into my office and they pick out like a new watch each day and they're like, and eh, I'm going to count my steps. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that the 55 would be a great option for him. Mm-hmm. Um, another option would be, you know, something like an Apple watch or something like that, because there's benefits to being able to track your kids and communication and stuff like that. So gotcha something there all right well i'll definitely keep that in mind what about the 245 is that a little bit too too spendy a little bit too much it's a hundred dollars more uh and i don't think it's worth it i okay so what for three hundred dollars you get like the base model and then i think for 350 you get um onboard music and stuff Mm -hmm. which he might care about but he's probably gonna have his phone with him anyway and he's listening to music he's probably not gonna do it on his watch I, I don't think it's worth it. I think Garmin will update the 245 with something like the 255 in the next, I don't know, six months. It may be a while, but it, I still think that that's like one of those models that's just not something that I would personally pick out. I know other people would disagree with me. That and there's like, there, there's something called like the six, um, I think it's the six, it might be the 645. Yeah. Or it's just like kind of behind the times. And that's another one that I probably wouldn't recommend recommend for people right now it's like garmin needs to update that one so that it kind of catches up with what uh, what they've done with their other stuff and the actual the actual battery life on the 55 is better than the 245 you get like two weeks of well and it's that's not exactly true but like you get like two weeks of general usage out of the 55 and you only get about a week out of the 245 um oddly enough if you're doing like long gps activities you might get more out of the 245 than the 55 but this is total insider baseball, but I think the 55 would be a good option for him. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. He also asked me about the venue, if I'm not mistaken, and the yeah. active four. Um, do you think that yeah. those would be viable? Both. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they tend to be a little bit more like smartwatch ish. Yeah. That makes, I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense, but yeah. Uh, my wife uses the Vivo active three. Uh-huh. She loves it. She just, I mean, she likes touch screen, all the little things. Um, they're just, they're different. They're kind of targeting different markets to, and I don't think that's a bad thing for him to consider because yes, he's going to run with it. Yes. He's going to do that. But like, if you're really into running, yeah, the 55 makes a lot of sense stuff like that. But if you're doing more different types of activities and things like that, you know, these active might be a good option. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to take a, take a look at those and see what's going to be the best option for him. We'll have him watch your video. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I-, I need to make, well, I need to order some. There's like, there's this, um, 
venue square mm-hmm. that's like really popular. It's very similar to an Apple Watch. So that one is very cool. The the screens on those tend to be brighter. They use like uh, AMOLED screens and um, I haven't done any testing on any of those watches on my channel, but they're nice. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's about it, boys. It's getting a little late. We got to get this thing posted for the people before uh, it hits midnight because we need to maintain the streak and post <laughs> every Wednesday for keep, keep the streak alive. 185 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Cool beans. All right. Well, Lance, welcome back home. Matt, thanks for your time. Gentlemen. Thanks. Appreciate it. To everybody out there listening. Pleasure. Yep. To everybody out there listening, we really do appreciate you coming back for another podcast. We'll be back next week. Until then, bye for now. Bye.